Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Welcome to Impact the World, where my guests today are Krista and Lindsay from Almost 30. Almost 30 is a podcast that has over 500 episodes. It's been downloaded in huge numbers for the last six or seven years. And I first met the girls when they invited me to do the show about a year ago. I so enjoyed their energy, and I also like the fact that they're working in partnership to bring not only this show to life, but also the things that they have built around the work that they're doing with the show. So it was great to have them here in studio to talk to them a little bit about authentic self-expression, putting yourself out there and figuring things out as you go. And also, what are the important key ingredients in any relationship that we have? So they talk about this in terms of their work relationship, how they've had to grow and learn how to communicate, but the principles apply in any of our relationships. So it was lovely to talk to them. And as ever, we will put links to their website, their show, their work in the show notes underneath this video or the audio if you're listening. And if you do enjoy the Impact the World show, it really helps us if you either subscribe on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts if you're listening over there, or leave us a rating or a review wherever you are listening to the show. It helps us reach more people. So thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show, Krista and Lindsay. It is so nice to have you guys here in person because we met about a year ago, but we met on Zoom when you very sweetly invited me to be on your podcast. And um, I was so delighted by your energy as a pair and individually and so I was thrilled when you said, yes, you'd come and have a conversation with me and we get to be here in person in the studio. Same. It's funny, I walked in, I felt like we had already met. So mm -hmm. when you said, so nice to meet you, I was like, I feel like we've already met. Um, yeah, it feels, I was just saying before this that um, when we spoke to you, it was such a bright spot in our schedule and just in the year, you know? And I think the contrast of uh, last year just made me realize um, the frequency of things when it feels really good. Mm -hmm. You know, it like really stood out. So thank you for that. Yeah, and I think we had direct messaged, I DM'd you before we emailed. You sent me a lovely message. It was so sweet. And you were like, I really like your energy. And you commented on some of the silliest video Lindsay and I had done. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is that not life? Where I'm like hoping you see something profound and interesting. I'm like, I hope you see this really powerful quote. And you were like, wow, what a silly video you guys are doing. I love it. And I was like, perfect. That's the real life. Humor medicine, baby. Yes, it was. Well, and that's one of the things that I found so interesting in, in, in coming to know you guys and the work you do, the podcast, obviously, so Almost 30 podcast, you've just gone past your 500th episode and is it 35 million downloads or has that now gone up? It's gone up. Yeah. It's probably like 50 billion or something. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of stop. We are interested in numbers just from a level of understanding the business, but we're kind of just like trying to move a little away from that. But yeah, it's definitely past that now. Mm -hmm. Well, and what, what hit me about your podcast when I, I looked at some of the episodes and some of the comments, what I, what I admired about you both is your ability to completely be yourselves and to stand for what you believe in, what you're interested in. And also I watched you navigate some moments with your audience where your audience who get very attached to you uh, wanted to have tricky conversations with you about things that were that were triggering for them. And, and you've always held a really good space for that self-growth energy, which I know you're both passionate about, but not everybody can take that and put that into the work that they're doing with an audience. So that was one thing I just really uh, it really intrigued me and it was really unique. And then, of course, the fact that you're a pair. Uh, very few people are interviewing as a pair. So perhaps, so go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the pair piece has supported that process for us. And, you know, Lindsay and I started the podcast six years ago on our closet floors. And um, we just felt so compelled and connected by these conversations we were having during our awakening. You know, I had moved from 
Chicago to New York to LA, I was trying to pursue my dreams of being a blogger and doing all these things. And we met at a really low period in our lives. And so we started the podcast really not knowing what we were doing, not knowing who we are. And over the past six years, we've really grown up in front of our audience and we've really become who we are in front of them. We've shared all of our low moments, all of our high moments. But what I felt like was happening and maybe what you're alluding to a little bit is that um, our audience was sort of attached to this version of ourselves that wasn't like the full embodied, confident version of ourselves that we wanted to be. And so they were loving the energy of kind of self-deprecation or this like us in service to them rather in service to ourselves and in service to our relationship and the creator. So Lindsay and I had to have this process of like individuation from the identity that had been created of who we are and this projection of who we are. And we had to reestablish ourselves like, okay, we are good no matter what. Like I am a good person, you are a good person. Um, and I'm really proud of the work that we've done with our coaches and our therapists just to make sure that like we feel good about ourselves as outside of the validation of social media and outside of the validation of an audience. Although our audience and community is so important to us, we need to be okay with what we're doing in the world outside of that. Like what we create needs to be for us first, because that's like the most important thing. We need to be in service to people through being our authentic selves and through, you know, being kind and compassionate. But it really should be serving ourselves and God first before anyone else. So that was a really hard time, but I'm really grateful for it because mm-hmm. we're closer than ever and we're you know more confident about the work we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I take any moment with almost 30 when it's challenging as like, okay, mm-hmm. why is this here for yeah. us? <laughs> and I think when it comes to moments with our audience that have felt really challenging and moments for me personally, where I just want to run away and Mm -hmm. be like, I'm out. Um, I've thought about just what we represent and how we can model Mm -hmm. a more conscious relationship to ourselves and to one another. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you mentioned the triggering aspect of some of the things that we've talked about. And our intention is not to trigger people, but our intention is always to have really thoughtful, curious conversations. And in doing so, our hope is that you might have a moment where you might question how you've done things or what you believe. And what I know to be true is that it's hard for people to change. It's Mm -hmm. hard for people to look outside of what they've always known um, and question that. And I really honor the fear and I, 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 I know it's really hard, but I hope that in our ability to show up, keep showing up for them, for ourselves, for our relationship, that they can start to settle in to the curiosity, the thoughtfulness, the, the really like genuine questioning of one another, of how we grew up. Like there's just, that's my hope when that comes up. And mm-hmm. I think I'm really proud that we haven't ran away and just shut it all down mm-hmm. because I think there's something bigger happening here, mm-hmm. as you know, with your work as well. So I know that in a very small way, a little slice that we are helping at this time on earth for a very particular reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, one of the underscores of of your of your work and being in the world has been this journey of self-discovery, which you are both on and you're being bastions of that for for the people who are engaging with your work. And I love this marriage that you two have. And I was saying that to you before we got started, you know, you two are a marriage Mm -hmm. and all of us have marriages all over the place in our lives, whether it's with a friend or a business partner, they're like mini marriages. And how far do you two go back as friends? And and yeah, how 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 have you noticed your friendship and your journey together has evolved? Yeah, we go back many se- lives, many lives, around <laughs> seven years, but many lives. And you know, I'll never forget when I met Lindsay. I was walking in my living room when we were living in Venice, and I remember just like I felt the click of like, oh, this is the missing puzzle piece of my life. Like this is like I felt ready to go. Like I felt ready to create and do. And um, 
you know, we started almost 30, not soon after we had met and we were just really, really connecting and we felt this like really safe space, but building a business with your best friend is not easy. You know, you have conversations about money, you have conversations about your dreams, you have things that happen in your community, you have um, your evolution, you have their evolution. It's so many layers and so much of a process, but it's been the most beautiful thing. And Lindsay's been, you know, my greatest healing and my greatest teacher. Um, when we're working so closely together, when we're, you know, going through um, this like self-help journey very publicly on the show, we've realized that, you know, for me, Lindsay's helped heal my abandonment. I've helped heal um, some issues she's had. So I'm just so grateful that she's been that mirror for me along our journey. But it's definitely not easy to run a business with your best friend. And I think in the last few years, it's been so important for us to prioritize our relationship mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you're building a business or really building anything i can think about a marriage where perhaps a couple has kids and all of a sudden it becomes all about the kids yeah. and you neglect the relationship mm -hmm. and so almost 30 was our child and we're pouring 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 into it as we needed to but i i'll speak for myself i would kind of it's almost like I would disassociate from yeah. our relationship in order to get stuff done. Totally. And you would step into these roles where it's like, you know, she had certain roles in the business. I had certain roles in the business. And there was no room for us to be like, hey, mm -hmm. how are you? <laughs> how are you? Mm -hmm. How's your heart? What's going on? Anything coming up? And really like catch up about life. And it sounds kind of silly, but it was, it, it, it was a piece that we were missing. And eventually... You know, we got to a point where it was super uncomfortable between us mm -hmm. for about, I don't even know, maybe a year, year and a half, mm -hmm. maybe longer. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Dude, let it go that long. Do not, do not suggest do it. Do not go it that long. It was just this, like, this, this was energy, a, yeah, a residue. Was, there was mm -hmm. something there that mm -hmm. um, neither of us had the, uh, I don't know if it was, like, self-awareness or tools, yes. really. The communication yes. piece, I think, having a coach really helped. Yes. And having individual therapy really, really helped. But I think we felt afraid to put a lot of energy into the relationship over the business mm -hmm. because we were still growing almost 30. And so the fear of maybe falling behind with almost 30 kind of kept us from pouring into the thing, our relationship, that we've realized now will make the business successful. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the, the core of everything. So, you know, that's led us to have weekly check-ins with one another where we just really catch up on life and are just more mindful of, like, checking in on a regular basis about different relationships or things we know each other is working on in therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and then always just speaking, or as much as we can, mm -hmm. because we know it's hard, speaking in the moment the truth of what mm -hmm. might be on your heart. Mm -hmm. So if there's... A conversation where it feels a little sticky, we can pause and breathe and say, that felt a little off. I would love to kind of learn more about what you're feeling because I'm perceiving that it's this. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have those tools now, um, which has made the, mm -hmm. I don't know, just like the unsaid have no power anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a few phrases that we always say is um, the story I'm telling myself is, and that can really take the power back of like what I'm perceiving might not be the truth, but it's my truth. So we always say the story I'm telling myself is and then we requalify things, you know, like you can have a thought and then requalify whatever you're thinking. Um, but I'm so grateful for the tools because our communication has gotten better. And it's funny because I think this happens with a lot of creators. The original reason why you do something sometimes gets lost. When all the to-dos happen, mm -hmm. you create the business. And we had this original, beautiful, like, connection that was really the show and just sharing our hearts and sharing what we were going through. And then after a few years, we just kind of lost it. You know, we kind of lost it in the sauce of the to-do and wanting to create and just, you know, fulfill all these things. Um, but it's it's just been the most beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful thing together. I love that you gave the analogy of... Uh, parents focusing completely on the kids and forgetting the relationship because I think every everyone who's been a parent can relate to that but it's it's another way for us to reframe what you're describing which is when you have a dream 
And it's that excitement of building the dream at the beginning or seeing the dream begin to work. That's one stage. And there's a very different you that is the person that's making stage one happen. And then if you get to stage two, stage three with the dream, and maybe the dream was kids, or maybe the dream was, oh my God, I want this super job that I'm going to get. You have to change. Like you, you, anybody who's been through a growth spurt with their work or their life or a relationship knows that you have to kind of swim with the changing currents. So I love that you two model and describe that and some of the very healthy sentences that you have to navigate that stuff. Because of course, that's now going to ripple into all areas of your life as well as your work. It's, it's beautiful. And it's liberating. You know, mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize that, for example, within my communication journey or like evolution, I was a people pleaser. And so I didn't realize like how trapped I was in my own uh, perceptions of how people viewed me if I said something. Mm -hmm. And so being able to really work this with Krista and being able to say how I feel in the moment with love and with an open heart has freed me from this idea that I need to be a certain person for everyone. And yeah, it's changed my other relationships too, with my family, with my boyfriend, like just across the board. And um, yeah, it's it's been my greatest teacher mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I'm grateful that we, you know, met this uncomfortability head on and we really were like, okay, what is here for us? And taking responsibility of our lives has been the most, the greatest gift because we could come with this mm -hmm. feeling of uncomfort, feeling of anxiety, feeling of stress, feeling like she's triggering me, I'm triggering her. And come to the table like, what's here? What's happening? And for me, it was a lot of mother wound issues, which is something we've talked a lot about on the show, but feeling like I couldn't trust or really be myself with women, Lindsay's helped me heal that. Feeling like I couldn't, um, or I was gonna be abandoned by you know the woman in my life, Lindsay's helped me heal that. So I think a lot of times what has happened and, and what I've had a tendency to do in the past is come up against that uncomfortable feeling or that anxiety or that fear you know, of, these things and just sort of ran, just been like, oh, too much, you know? Like if we would have just kind of been like, you know what, the energy's off, we're good, we're gonna move on. We wouldn't have this beautiful business. We wouldn't mm -hmm. have all of this deep healing that we've done for ourselves in our other lifetimes. Um, and so now in my life, because I've had this experience with Lindsay where I've been to very openly, I've been able to very openly and from my heart speak about, you know, these feelings that I have and these traumas that I have and the ways that she's held me through that process to support me in trusting women again has been so powerful. But now for my other relationships, that's what I seek, where I seek us being able to get through the hard times because we love each other and being able to speak our truth and being able to be okay with being uncomfortable, saying what we want to say. And it's made such a difference in my life. And I'm really excited to just navigate my relationships that I currently have with truth because I feel like for so long, it would be like, you're my best friend. I love you so much. You know, we're so close. But yet if an issue came up, it was like we were gone. Hmm. You just kind of hit the road. And I wasn't someone that would really dig my heels in and be like, okay, what is here for me? What's here for you? How can we use this safe container as a space of love to really grow together? So you mentioned earlier, you know, your awakening. Mm -hmm. what, what, what for each of you? Because I, I know that spirituality, wellness, self-growth is, is the core of all of your episodes, whether you're speaking about your own journey or you've interviewed so many different figures from, from those worlds. What was the trigger for you or what was the, the moment or the epiphany that you had where you realized reality was beginning to change in that way that it does? Hmm. Canal. Yeah. I think we're all inherently spiritual, you know, so mm -hmm. there's that inherent spirituality that you all have. And I remember being a kid, being someone that was like so intuitive. And I used to write letters to aliens and I used to like do my projects on the Bermuda Triangle. And <laughs> I had this entity that was in my room that was not a positive entity at the time. But I just remember having these connections to the other side in the other world that I was either not conscious of or became conscious of as I got older. Um, so I've always been someone that's been a deep seeker. And I remember when I discovered like the spirituality that I sort of know today, it was when I was in the corporate world. I was working at a corporate job, living in Chicago, doing all the things that I thought I should be doing. I thought, you know, this path would make me happy of going to college, getting a corporate job, living in the city, et cetera, et cetera. And I just remember this feeling of deep unhappiness and sadness and 
having terrible anxiety and depression and not really wanting to live, you know, not wanting to, to go on. And I remember I used to wake up in the morning and be like, oh my gosh, I'm still here. I would be like, oh, this person is still here and these thoughts are still uh, still happening. Um, so I made a drastic change and ended up quitting that job. I went to Patagonia for a few months and just went off the grid. And in that process, I really just took baby steps each day to just really choose myself and choose what I knew to be true. And I had to go into the situation of the corporate world to realize how, for me, it just wasn't a fit. You know, there was a lot of things about it that didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel like it makes sense. And um, ever since that moment of quitting my job and going to Patagonia, it's been like just small steps towards what I perceive to be a greater knowing of myself and a greater knowing of my creator and of God. And in the past couple of years, we've really come around to using the term God. You know, that was one that growing up Catholic, I didn't really use or feel comfortable with. And so now it's that like complete dedication to my service in the world um, and really, you know, leaning on God as much as I can. And I think for me, I, after I moved to LA, um, it was after a breakup with someone that I thought I was going to be with forever. Mm. And um, I think when we broke up, I, and I was the one that kind of blew it up, um, a lot of my reality just kind of shattered. And it felt terrible at the time. I was so low and feeling a lot of shame and guilt and what if I would have stuck around and made it work, which I think a lot, I'm sure a lot of your viewers can relate to that, a moment in your life where you're like, oh, I wish I could have done that because mm -hmm. it would have been different. Sure, it would have been different, but there's also something to um, an experience like that that really led me to this whole other level of my life. And it took a lot of trust. It took a lot of, um, I took some big leaps. I moved to LA like on a whim and said yes to a job basically out of, out of nowhere. And that led me to um, a whole other opening of myself that I had never experienced before. And what I mean by that is I had spent years auditioning and wanting to become a Broadway star and really waiting to be chosen, like just hoping that the next room I'm in, someone sees me. And acting will do that for you. Yes. I mean, you know, that's the con that's the major lesson with acting and auditioning, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost wish sometimes that I could go back and just kind of like, not wish I could go back, but I know now so much more about mm -hmm. that and those energetics. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> that I would be less like puppy dog at the door yes. and um, we're You'd be like, if I in. don't care, they're going to want me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. More I've got to reject in. them and then they'll want me. <laughs> um, so LA just afforded me this like reset and this new relationship with myself where I felt like, oh, I can, I can not change who I am, but like really embody who I am a bit more because I felt like I didn't know as many people. So I felt the freedom to do that, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But in doing so, I felt like I was able to walk back to, okay, this is how I really feel. This is what I believe. These are the people that I want to surround myself with. Prior to that, I was in New York. There was just so much noise, so many temptations, all these things that were really just catching my attention, sucking my energy, and I just didn't have the tools. And so in LA, I feel like that was like my starting point. And what I didn't know was the next six years I was going to be single. And it was this time that I felt like I, I had just like a long drawn out awakening because <laughs> yeah. I thought that my happiness resided in being in a relationship with someone. And I, I now have a small group program where I just hold space and coach women on this season of their lives, this single season, because so many of us want to rush through it. We're like, mm -hmm. we got to find the partner and we have to prepare and we got to become the person that mm -hmm. the partner wants. And I spent so much time doing that, but there was, there was a gradual switch. And I just, as cheesy as it is, like really learned to like love who I am and love being with the person that I am. And it was in that cultivation and dating myself and um, really pouring into me what I at once at one time sought in someone else that I just realized that I have what I need. 
in most moments. And with the help and the support of God, like I have what I need. And I hope to find someone at the time that really feels the same way about themselves too. And I think it was that shift that really, um, I don't know, it just stands out as like a profound moment in my awakening where I no longer was wanting to be chosen, seeking the validation outside of myself. Um, yeah. Well, I wish I'd known about that group that you're holding between the ages of like 16 and 35, because I would have, I, I so relate, you know, I, and I, that was the same journey I kind of went through. And it's interesting, right before I met Stephen, I'd never felt happier in my life. And I had been living for a year uh, thinking that maybe I was wrong that there wasn't gonna be a the one, mm -hmm. which was the programming that had got me into trouble. Yes. And isn't it hilarious that we're fed that programming and that conditioning? Mm -hmm. And I think that's also why so many people find the person perhaps they're supposed to be with or live with or spend time with, and then they get depressed and they don't know why. And then they blame it on the person. It's mm -hmm. like, no, we were sold a really false bill of goods around what makes a whole life. And it's not a partner or a job or a certain bank account. It's mm -hmm. feeling whole. So yeah, it's like everyone wants to. I, everyone wants to experience it for themselves. They're like, okay, maybe that's true, but I need to see it for myself. I need to be with that partner. And I remember that about getting married. I got married in May, and that feeling of like, oh, I think we've been sold something different than what I thought. I thought I didn't know how hard marriage would be, and marriage has been the best thing. But there are aspects of it that are really challenging. Like if you really want to meet your partner at all phases and stages of your life, you really have to put in the work. And I thought it would be just like, okay, you get married and then you kind of just enjoy your mm -hmm. life. But as much as you want depth in your relationship, you really have to put that effort in. And it's been, yeah, it's just powerful. Mm, totally. And I'm curious for you guys, what, what are some of the, I know that your show over the six years has changed identity just as you have, but what are some of the key responses that you have noticed, what are some of the key responses from the people who watch and listen to the show? What are they coming to you for? And what are they reporting to you that they're receiving from what you're doing? Mm, so, so many people feel alone on their spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. They feel like um, the black sheep in their family or friend group. Um, they feel like they can't talk about the things that they want to talk about or explore the things they want to explore openly because it might not be accepted. They might look like they're crazy. Um, and so I feel like we've created a really beautiful safe haven for people to be themselves and to be curious in the way that they want to be curious. And, um, you know, Krista and I have never, you know, started a podcast with the intention of like, we want you to believe what we're about to mm -hmm. say. It's always... Um, just sharing our experiences. And anytime we bring on a guest, the intention is to share their expertise or gifts or story. And if nothing lands, okay. If one thing lands, great. Um, but we always just want to empower people. And I think this is what they're coming to us for as well, to take that responsibility, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think, especially amongst women, there can be a bit of an imbalance, you know, where they're, it's like we're seeking the validation, we're seeking the right information or choices, and yet we discount, does this information feel right for me? Mm -hmm. We discount our own intuition, and our own alignment. And so we're hoping to activate that within people because that's been part of our journey mm -hmm. too, is trusting our own intuition in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think our audience is just found it nice to be in a space where they're empowered to be, to make decisions for themselves and to be the best version of themselves. And Lindsay and I have never told our audience what to do. We've never been people that have been, you should, you know, vote this way. You should express this way. You should heal this way. You should, you know, live this way because that's not what we want people to do for us. And we want them to figure out whatever unique expression they have in their life. And be that way. And it's been the most beautiful thing because I know what it felt like to be alone in my spiritual awakening and feel like I was different growing up in a small town in Ohio um, and being in the corporate world. And Lindsay's had that same experience. So by making people feel less alone and allowing them to feel safe, they're allowed to have that authentic expression cultivated and then, you know, met with, with joy and ease among our community. Mm -hmm. 
I love that you, I mean, you link it to something that you've noticed very much around women, but I, I, mm -hmm. I also recognize what you're talking about in the spiritual field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So having worked in the field for 17 years, it took me about maybe about six or seven years in, I really kind of understood. I was like, wow, so many people come to spirituality or uh, awakening or self-growth and they have an idea that there is a rule, there is a way, and that someone's gonna tell them how it is. And, and I was having to break that down a lot, especially being a channeler, because sometimes channeling can make people put the channeled information on a higher pedestal than their own human information, yes. which you know my guides never say, they're like, it's all equal. But it made me go back to my early years and go, oh my God, yeah, if I really think about it, when I was in those first workshops, my mental human programming was who's the leader and and we're that's indoctrinated in us from school like you know that's mm -hmm. the way that so many of us were raised so in religion that's mm -hmm. true you very know. much here i notice yeah. in america there's a there's an energy of that yeah. more so than i remember there being in in england yeah really yeah. and i think we grew up catholic here and you know that was part of our upbringing of like the dogma of the hierarchy of the you know, this person knows more than you about what's best for you. And we've had to really work with that in our lives. Like, how are we looking for someone to tell us what to do? How are we outsourcing our intuition? How are we valuing even, you know, we work with our almost 30 entity, which we kind of channel, but it's like, how are we valuing that over our own soul or our own intuition? How are we kind of discounting the power that we have? And for our community, we always want them to know that like they know the answer and they believe is best. But it's been interesting in the spiritual community too, because we're in the spiritual community and at times it can be so much spiritual ego. So it's like using tools and resources and methods and aspects of spirituality to actually create more separation. Mm -hmm. And it's been something that I'm always just kind of coming back to remember that when we become spiritual, we sometimes have the spiritual ego hide as like the last place in the um, enlightenment process. And you become like, everyone needs to do what I'm doing. Everyone needs to meditate this way. Everyone needs to read this book. My partner's not as spiritual as me, all of these things. And I noticed that even within myself where I had my awakening, I was like, my husband, needs to be meditating and needs to be going to yoga and needs to be doing all these things. And that really is like such a disservice to their own path and their own enlightening. And what I can do is really just provide them this like beautiful space for them to awaken, but not force anything upon them because that doesn't serve them and it doesn't serve me. And I think we're, we've always tried to be people that show the way, but not tell people what to do and allow them to just be their own expression on their journey. Yeah, and I, I feel like this happens in any popular part of culture mm -hmm. where, you know, I feel like even though spirituality is not a fad, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I do feel like it's almost like things get picked up by mainstream and then there is an attraction to it for the wrong reasons. And so I do feel lucky that we're able to kind of navigate this space. We're, we're meeting people sometimes where we're like, huh. Okay, this feels a little, feels a little yes. sticky, yes. <laughs> but I'm grateful, you know, because yeah. I do feel I don't want to necessarily like shun them or separate myself from them. But to have that awareness, I think, makes me feel mm -hmm. safer, I suppose, rather than and I there are some people that don't really feel that stickiness. And but I have to trust that that is kind of the path that they're on and their own mm -hmm. journey as well. So it's kind of hard. Sometimes it's hard to like stand by and and just feel all of the attention on the spiritual space mm -hmm. and feel, I don't know, not like, like a protective, mm -hmm. not wanting it to become something that it's not. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Totally, I know you know. Totally, but, yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny, I would say there's the attention, there's the misperception, yes. there's the projection. Yes. Yes. You do kind of, I, I think, and, and I mean, I can understand this as can you through doing work in the public domain. Mm -hmm. But I, I believe the same rules apply if you're the leader of your family or the leader of this group of five that you're working with. I think there is something to being able to know yourself and hold yourself in those moments where there is either a friction or a misunderstanding. 
And it's funny, hearing what you were saying a moment ago, Krista, it made me realize, you know, the power abuses that have mm -hmm. happened in the name of our disempowerment. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when we have given power to someone else or when we're put in a situation where we are disempowered by the structure mm -hmm. or the system, and you know, and you kind of look at a lot of what's going on right now mm -hmm. and you kind of go, oh, this is interesting. This yes. is a very rubber meets the road time mm -hmm. on earth mm -hmm. as well. So yeah. I, I think that's why it's so important that any anyone who's out there as an advocate for spirituality, intuition, wellness, mm -hmm. hopefully the key lesson that they will ingrain fast mm -hmm. is, well, this worked for me, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. Yeah. And I, I've, I've often been surprised how many people are... Uh, are out there willing to, to kind of tell or sell that story rather than, well, we're all different, we're all unique, and you might surprise me, you know, that's, that's the beauty of life. The more, I think the more you know spiritually, the more you realize you know nothing. Yes. I kind of love that, you know, yes. it's kind of like, wow, the more I kind of yes. understood about how the spiritual world works, the more I realized, oh, wow, I really know like that much, and that's very freeing. Yes, I think Osho says like the man that knows a little is the man that believes they know a lot, mm. something like that. And then I love this Alan Watts quote. He says, if you're to love your enemy, it means you love them as they are, not um, because you want to change them. Mm. And I often think about that, you know, in the spiritual space, it's like we kind of have our spiritual beliefs and then we're like, okay, but we have to focus on changing this person or making them think or believe what I'm believing. But the actual most spiritual thing is like seeing everyone as spiritual and seeing everyone as this like beautiful living fractal of the divine and whatever expression or experience they're having and just honoring them on their path. You know, I think free will is like the basis of this book, Law of One, which I really love and I really subscribe to. And a lot of what we believe, it's like, maybe that's not for me, but that's their expression and that's their soul's journey. And it's not really for me to say, you know, it's between them and God mm -hmm. and minding your own spiritual business is like such a beautiful practice for us all to, to subscribe to because we can just remember that, you know, I have enough to work on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what I always think. I'm like, man, when I was focusing on what everyone else should be doing, I'm like, I'm totally ignoring all the work I have. Cause once you're conscious, I'm like, man, another thing's coming up got the mother wound. I've got the body, you know, I've got all this stuff. There's enough to do here. That's what I always remember. My guides are like, there's enough to do here. We can focus on, focus on me. And isn't it true that when you become more conscious, you are, f are far faster to recognize all of your unconscious programs. Yes. Like yes. you don't, you don't get to lean into them yes. too far before you're like, oh, oh, there I am doing that. Okay. Yes. Which, you know, I mean, that's, that's why I think people say awakening is not necessarily this blissful state it's mm -hmm. actually the beginning of a journey yes mm -hmm. and i think that's another part where it's like you know how you do the work is the work mm -hmm. which is i had to remember that in the process because when i started to become conscious of all my um, subconscious beliefs and my limiting beliefs and things that were holding me back it be drove me crazy because i just felt i then used it as a tool to hate myself and mm -hmm. to self-sabotage and to really get down on myself and you know, through the process, I've had to be like, okay, if the end goal is happiness and joy and love, then I have to be utilizing it in that expression along the way. And I can't hate myself to love myself. So um, I think in the spiritual evolutionary process, you know, for anyone listening, it's just remembering that you have to really enjoy and love the work and be in joy and love throughout your process and come back to that rather than using spirituality or self-help or personal growth as tools to just hate yourself more than you possibly do. And I didn't realize I was using what I needed to work on as a complete shield from like the joy in my life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I would literally say it out loud. Well, you know, I still have to work on this mm -hmm. and I could feel in my body almost just like this wall come up mm -hmm. and what was right in front of me was probably someone who loved me or maybe someone honoring my work or complimenting me and it was like a, a shield to any joy mm -hmm. any anything that would make me feel really good and I had to get very honest with myself about that like what is this thing you do where you mm -hmm. are almost like resistant to happiness and joy you know what is that and it's it's specific and deep and all the things but I had to look at that because I think we are indoctrinated pretty early on to this idea that we have to go through really hard things and sacrifice and put in a lot of hard work with our head down 
and all these things in order to achieve success or achieve happiness. Mm. And I just don't know if that's always the mm -hmm. case. So I, I really had to kind of unlearn that. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you have maybe your family or parents who kind of like helped you to learn that yeah. around you. Yeah. And how do you hold your pose of, no, I, I'm actually gonna receive my life. I'm going to receive that joy. Sure, there are things I gotta work on, but isn't that the point? Like we're here to kind mm -hmm. of like, like you said, like really enjoy that work. Um, and you really have to hold your pose around people that haven't necessarily experienced that yet. And hopefully you can be kind of that light that they're like, oh, that's possible, mm -hmm. you know. It's funny that that just makes me think of like receiving compliments. There was a time in my, I think it was probably by about 12 years ago that I realized my pattern, which I had been taught, if someone complimented me, especially if it was to do with physicality, was to reject or disagree with them. Mm -hmm. And I would like verbally do that. Or I would <laughs> yes. tell them what was, no, yes. no, 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 you're not seeing. Yes. And I, I literally had to spend about a year mm. not feeling fully integrated. I certainly didn't agree with them, maybe. But I realized if I kept disagreeing with them, then I was rejecting and not receiving what they were trying to offer me. And then I was going to be rejecting and denying another way of seeing or experiencing my life. And I'm really glad to say that that's something that I, I have now successfully shook off but it you know it took work it took about a year of vigilance around it until it started to become normal and then I think a few years later I was like oh that's nice yes. you know and it, it, I didn't necessarily have to believe it or agree with them but but it was it was just nice they sent nice energy my way that mm -hmm. I could get on board with yes. Yes. yeah yeah you kind of have to work your way into that because I think about myself at the time where I would deny compliments i thought it was a midwest thing because mm. i'm from ohio and it's, it's it was a british thing too, yeah <laughs> so we, part of the practice was like you know your shirt's amazing you're like this old thing is disgusting you know just the way and i had to build my self-worth up where i would believe them and it would feel good to receive and at the time it would probably feel bad if i was giving some a compliment someone a compliment and they received it it would probably throw me off it'd probably be like what is going on here um, but I was at the grocery store one time and there was this random woman. She was like, you know, yellow looks really beautiful on you. It's a beautiful color for you. And I did my whole thing of deflecting. And she's like, you know, it's really uncomfortable for me to like give you a compliment and have you like completely deny what I'm saying. And I was like, wow, it woke me up. I was like, wow, I'm not only hurting my own feelings, I'm hurting this person's feelings who's giving me this like expression of love. And I'm so grateful for that random moment that really woke me up to that because I think it's in our programming to dim our light and to make ourselves feel less than and to sort of fit in amongst the crowd, you know, tall poppy syndrome, if you're Australian. And it's just no more of that. You know, we don't need to be doing that anymore to ourselves. We don't need to be doing that to one another. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm wondering if we wind the clock back to the beginning of your Almost 30 po podcast, which at what point is that going to be almost 40, almost 50? I mean, no, you can't really right change now. the name, I guess. You're going to be like Adele. We You're did. Gonna... Yeah, literally. We, I think we trademarked. We like went through a process of trademarking almost 40 and we got like the Instagram handle yeah. and stuff last year, which was crazy. <laughs> we was went through a whole... We're like, let's just get as many domains. Yes, I went through a domain oh, trademark. Have that problem. Too. Yes, mm -hmm. it's obsessed. But we started it in our Saturn return, so yeah. that period in time in your life and Perfect. your late twenties, and what's happening is your prefrontal cortex is coming online, and that really is the place where you have your conscious processing. So, um, as you get older, you're able to really differentiate yourself. You're really able to just take all of the way you live and exist in the world and actually process it with a conscious mind. So as we were having our awakening and our Saturn return is really when we created the show. And it's really the energy of being almost 30, of being in that process of your awakening, of being in that process of figuring out who you are and, and the person you really want to be as an individuated self is really the energy of the show. So yeah. we might be almost 40, but I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can accept it. Well, how, how nervous were you? Because that's, you know, you, you shared with me before we got started here on the taping that you, you did an episode where you reviewed that first show and you listened back to it together and you reflected on it and I was telling you that we're we're coming up on 10 years for the energy updates and I recently shared the first one and I hadn't seen it for I don't know six years and I was shocked I looked at it and I was like <laughs> and, I, and I was like god he looks really scared and I also I could see that I was sadder as a person mm. and that was great I was like oh my god I 
and and don't get me wrong at the time I didn't know that and yes. I but I, I I could I could look at that distance of time but I'm always interested in the courage or the mm -hmm. or the stupidity yes. that we have yes. to like start these kinds of things and I know that many people who tune into this show are either starting their own thing or thinking about it can you remember or share with us the what it took you to create that first episode and figure out how to do it? Yeah, I mean, quite literally, we were on our closet floors. And, you know, what I remember about the process is it kind of felt like when you're a little kid and you have your play date and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. so this is what I want to do. I want to, we're going to play mm -hmm. doctor or whatever. And you mm -hmm. just, you just go for it. And you're like, mm -hmm. your imagination is running wild. There's literally nothing inhibiting you unless mom says no. Mm -hmm. But I felt like that. And there's no end goal, right? It's just to have fun and play and act out whatever you want to act out. And I think for us, you know, we didn't have this idea that, okay, so this is going to become a business. Mm -hmm. We're going to make money. Well, clearly not with that name. Yes. You, you weren't thinking <laughs> this is like the for decades, right? Like, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah it, we didn't know at all, yeah. but I think it was just, there was something that was calling us back at basically every day. We showed up for this every single day in some capacity. We were both working our full-time jobs. Um, I was a soul cycle instructor and Krista was in digital marketing. She was like calling out sick mm -hmm. and like going on doctor's appointments that didn't exist. I was like running in between. Not the most integrous yeah. person, <laughs> to be honest. I was a bad employee. It was bad. I was like in between classes, sweaty, but we were making it work. We just did whatever we had to do. I was used to that from, you know, like doing web series and sketches and all these things in New York and just like, you know, Bootstrapping Figure out how to put everything. on a show, basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I was kind of bringing that, and I was like, I don't know what this is going to become, but this is kind of fun. This mm -hmm. is really fulfilling a, a creative um, hunger that I had. And, you know, I think along the way, like, we just understood that this wasn't just about us, mm -hmm. you know? And so when we started to bring on guests and we were learning things, mm -hmm. and then we were getting feedback from the very few audience members we had, it just, it reaffirmed in small ways that, okay, we're on the right path. You do, when you're on your, pa your path, you have those guideposts mm -hmm. or those little flags or those little whispers that are like, yeah, you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Stay the course. And I feel like we were lucky enough to get those along the way. Yeah. And I feel like the work now is, um, you know, to not look back at ourselves then and be like so embarrassed and like ashamed because we have this thing where we always think this version of ourselves today is like so knows everything and has it all together. And, you know, the version of me six years ago that was doing this show that put out that first episode would be so sad to know of this version of me making fun of her mm. and laughing at her for like showing up with Lindsay for seven months, you know, before putting our, our work out. But for anyone listening, you know, that wants to do a show or wants to do a creative endeavor, we really have seen over time that the things that are the most beautiful and the most organic are really done from the heart with that pure intention. And we really just had this pure intention that's lasted mm -hmm throughout and then showing up, you know, we showed up every single day, even when it got sticky, even when it got hard mm -hmm. to create what we're doing. And I never thought I'd be someone that was doing something I love and being myself every single day. And it never gets past me that I'm able mm -hmm. to do that. Cause that was not in my experience. That was not, you know, what it was like growing up. So I feel so grateful that we, that we did it, you know, six, six years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I know you also now have a community. Mm -hmm which is very different, isn't it? I think when you put work out into the wider world, yeah. it, it's a certain energy and it, there's, there's certain things that you can and can't do. You know, there's a, whole, there's a whole other energetic side to wider world or we're working with a community. You know, I, I have that with the portal and the community that we work with there every month. Mm -hmm. So what has surprised or pleased you about having a community now that you that you work with in a more intimate way. Yeah, I think I've been surprised that they help to heal me or mm -hmm. us as much as we seemingly help and support in their healing and evolution. And you know, it has honestly felt like anytime we've met people in person because we went on tour for a couple years and even in the membership now I just like I had a, a membership uh, live hang this morning at like 7 a.m. 
and I just I, like we dropped in and I was just like my friends you mm -hmm. know and obviously we are quote leaders of this community but there is just a comfort in knowing like we are all human beings we are all in this human experience and we're here to support one another no one is better than the other um that has just given me a lot of hope a lot of comfort um and it surprised me how excited and down and ready mm -hmm. people are mm -hmm. to just kind of go in and grow and evolve and um yeah just kind of walk back to themselves in a way like i i didn't grow up with that kind of talk or encouragement not that it wasn't not that it was the opposite mm -hmm. but it just wasn't encouraged mm -hmm. it's like but now it just gives me a lot of hope in general. Yeah, I think for me, it's been so powerful to have this like mirror with the community where they'll always meet us where we need to grow. You know, say there's something that someone brings up to us that might be a potential growth opportunity for us. Um, I find that if we're not feeling as centered in ourselves, we're not feeling as confident, potentially abandoning ourselves, it'll reflect in the general public or in our community. Um, or it'll show us how, you know, really like people ready people are for their evolution and their growth and ready they are to like learn about these topics and these crazy things that we talk about or ready they are to change their minds or ready they are to completely become you know the best versions of themselves but it's been so healing to be in community with people and be um, supported by our community and just provide this space where we can all heal like Lindsay said mm -hmm. yeah beautiful and what are you guys looking ahead to, if anything, at the moment? Because, you know, we're taping this near the end of 2021 mm -hmm. and we're about to go into 2022. And I'm wondering, like, what's up for you guys? Is there anything that you're looking towards or hoping to cultivate or create? Or are you just just where you are? Yeah, I, I think this last year, like one of our just realizations is that like we can um be here now <laughs> you know and kind of receive the life that we've created mm -hmm. um through almost 30 and also just kind of personally and so it's felt good to let go of some of our usual patterns of okay mm -hmm. so what are the goals for 2022 mm -hmm. what are the numbers we want to hit all of these all of these things we have visions and we have like beautiful um just kind of tracking of those visions and like collaboration between each other and our team but it's felt really good to kind of go like this a little bit and trust that what is next will present itself and be so clear because we've been in situations before where we've kind of like mm -hmm. thrown the, the whole spaghetti bowl on the wall right. and been like what's gonna stick now mm -hmm. and it's really it's not a bad thing but it's it's depleted us sometimes or mm -hmm. let us down because we had so many expectations and so I think if we are really clear about what feels good to us, what feels like um, service to our community, it takes shape beautifully mm -hmm. and in ways that we could never have planned for. So all that to say, um, I think that, um, you know, we're really excited to keep pouring into the membership. It's a mm -hmm. space that just feels so incredibly aligned. It feels so sound um, and ever evolving. So I'm excited to welcome more people in at the top of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, us letting go of like goals and sort of even like agendas for the future has been so nice mm -hmm. because I felt like for so long we were sort of setting these goals and wanting these things. And I don't know if like it was really what our soul wanted. And as we've grown and as the business has grown, I've also realized like, I don't need as much as I thought I did. You know, I would be like, oh, I wanna hit this many downloads or I wanna reach this many people. I wanna make this much money, et cetera, et cetera, which is all fine and well, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I can have a beautiful life that I love and feel really good with not that. <laughs> you know, like I can work on actually feeling good without all of the goals being achieved, without all the numbers being hit, without like being this thing by just like figuring out what makes me happy and like more spaciousness has actually made us happier. So how can we just continue to grow the business in a sustainable way and have a really spacious life that feels like rich, full of nature, full of friends, full of love. And however we can express that in the business is, is great, but like just moving our focus to like living our life rather than like focusing so much on our, our business goals and objectives mm -hmm. has felt so good. Mm, lovely, I love that. Um, 
and a closing question for you both. So I've loved having this conversation and hearing, hearing from you. So thank you. Um, you have had conversations with many, many people now for the show. What has surprised you about the art of the conversation? And I don't even just mean for a podcast, because I think you can translate it to human conversation. Like, what have you learned about either where we're good at a conversation or where we're blocked in conversation. And just because really a conversation is an opportunity to connect. And I know doing a show like this, I also have been surprised with certain get. I'm like, oh, I thought that conversation was going to go a bit this way. Or mm -hmm. um, I know you have interviewed a lot of people. So what have you experienced with human conversation and connection? It's so there's so much involved. There's how the person's feeling. Did they sleep? Were they in a rush? Were they late? What are the Sarah astrology? What you know? There's just like the energy of humans and people, and of what's going on in their life before this. What's going on in our life? Did we have an interview before this? Did we not? Has been such a science and of understanding. And I think the thing that makes the biggest impact on our conversation is like us providing an attention before her and I, us doing prayer, us doing grounding, um, and we notice such a powerful difference when we're setting an intention when we're taking a moment of like, okay, I'm bringing all my energy to this moment. I'm going to have my guides here. I'm going to clear any projections, any fears, any anxieties, any, you know, imposter syndrome that I may have from this space and allow the truest sense of myself come through. So having a little prayer before is really helpful, but it's incredibly fascinating. You know, some days you're like, so totally on fire and you're just feeling it and you're feeling mm -hmm. electric and some days you don't. So it's having grace in the time in between. Um, but there's a lot to be learned in conversation. And I think the energetics is important. I think taking space and breath is important. I think when you're speaking truth, it has a different resonance than when you're not. And I've noticed that within myself is when I'm speaking about something or a teaching and I actually haven't fully embodied it, it doesn't land in the way that it would if I was fully embodying it. Um, but I think for the most part, it's really just like the energetics of it all. So understanding that and being really in tune and in touch while giving yourself grace and space is, is probably my biggest suggestion. And I think for both people in a conversation, whether it's the interviewer and the guest or whether you're in a conversation with someone you're close with, it's like, how much are you listening? Because, mm -hmm. you know, as humans, we're so in our heads. We can be mm -hmm. thinking about the best next thing to say. We can be overanalyzing what the person's saying, taking it personally, creating a whole story. And so the best interviews I feel like we have is when both Krista and I, but also the guest, really listening. Yeah. Because then we can have the most present, true conversation possible. Because like Krista said, it's energetic. We're picking up on certain things in the moment rather than being like, number two question, here we go, mm -hmm. da, 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 and hitting all the marks, which you know is fine. But I, I know that there's a difference when you're actually present to what the person is expressing. Um, and so with that, I definitely bring in the breath. It's like really being able to breathe into your lower belly, like just mm -hmm. opening up that space of receiving and letting things land. Because I think the most interesting conversations and the most, the deepest conversations are when you're able to express like how it made you feel and then also drawing more information out. So I don't know, I just, I think there's an intimacy that mm -hmm. listening intently and consciously brings to it that mm -hmm. makes what we do and you do very unique yeah. um, and felt. I think it's the no agenda either. You know, yeah. Lindsay and I don't have an agenda and you're much like that. So for mm -hmm. our guests, we'll do some research, but we won't do a lot because we want to really allow the conversation to evolve as it should in the moment and be really present in the moment with what is said, what is felt, what is intuited so that we can just create something that's unique and interesting. And that really is just honoring the expression in the here and now. And I find when I see and hear interviews that are really scripted, that you lose that energy of presence because you kind of go on that autopilot of answering and asking. And so we just want to keep it as unique as possible with that and make it as present as possible by not bringing any preconceived notions into what we do. I love all of that. I was just sharing with a friend the other day that my kind of 
Achilles heel in the first few episodes we did of this show was over preparing, which yes. actually isn't really normally my way, but my head told me mm -hmm. I should. So I had all this information about their book and all the questions and, and it just got in the way of me actually just having a conversation. And luckily I got it fairly quickly, but I think life is the same because doing a show like this, I'm frequently surprised by the conversations I wasn't expecting with people and where they went. And then equally, sometimes I have an expectation about how a certain guest is going to be. And it's not like that at all. And that that to me is very like life. But it, you kind of talked about being consistent and showing up. And I think one of the things about doing this kind of work or anything that we do in life is to remember we don't even really know. Like, you know, you can go away and go, oh, that was a great interview, I think. But what you think isn't necessarily going to translate to someone else. So you just keep showing up. And I really yeah. applaud you both for showing up for all the years that you have. And it's been lovely to get to have you here in the studio. So thank you and good yeah. luck with all of the evolutions of the almost 30, almost 40, almost 50, yes. almost 60 podcasts. We heard it here. We heard it here. And when it's the, when it's the almost 90 podcast, yeah, if honestly. I'm still around, I'll, we'll all be here in wheelchairs yes. talking yes. to each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This has been an honor, yeah. truly an honor. Yeah. We were looking forward to this so much and we just love and respect you. And again, to meet in person for the first time, but feel like we've known each other for a long time. It feels so nice. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will tell all of our viewers and listeners, the ladies are taller than I was expecting. <laughs> they, they're eye to eye. I was like, <laughs> wow, you two are very tall. We gotta show them what's up. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. And we will put links as ever in all of the show notes for all of the work that Krista and Lindsay are doing. And of course, the Almost 30 podcast and community. Thank you for tuning in to Impact the World. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Lee. I'm an intuitive, a channeler, a musician, and you may know me from my monthly free energy updates that go out on YouTube and Facebook. You may know me from the Impact the World podcast, but I wanted to introduce you to my members community, The Portal. We've been a community now for eight years, and my mission and the mission of my team every single month is to bring you wellness content, metaphysical content, anything that's going to support your life as a sensitive, as a healer, as someone who is newly awakening, but also to ground it in reality. So every month we bring you various tools to help you survive, thrive and expand your life. I know many of you are out there bringing your own special gift or light to the world. And the portal is a hub that we hold along with our community members to support you on your mission. Every month I do a live energy tune-up broadcast. It's 90 minutes long. It allows me to go deeper on some of the energies that month and how they are affecting our specific portal community. I also take Q&A. I answer questions from my intuitive standpoint and I also answer questions from my guides, the Z's, who I channel. These live tune-ups are always available within 24 hours. So if you can't make it live, you will always have the replay to go back and watch again or to use the timestamps to visit a specific question that you heard that you wanted to replay the answer for. Every month, we will bring you a brand new audio recording. I often keep our community at the top of my mind when I'm creating a new channeled MP3 or a new energy alchemy meditation. And these are always scored and supported by the music of sound healer Davor Bozik. I also do several private behind the scenes video diaries. Sometimes these are what we're creating and what's going on here at the studio, but other times it might just be me at home talking about things that I'm noticing, really designed to give you and I an intimate conversation that I wouldn't otherwise put out there into the wider world. Stephen Washington brings you a special body energy update every single month. So Stephen is my husband and he is also an amazing Qigong and wellness teacher. So I asked him several years ago to start creating some body medicine for us. So he takes the themes of that month's energy update and he expands upon them and gives you a sequence of Qigong movements that are very gentle and easy for beginners, but it's a way of alchemizing what we're going through and he does it beautifully, so many of our members love that component. 
Stephen also has many meditations inside the portal which you can access anytime and we are expanding our meditation library as these months go on. You receive a welcome bonus of the Intuitive Power live event. So if you've never seen a live event of ours, we had an incredible film crew document our London Intuitive Power event in 2019. And you'll get all five hours of that content as soon as you sign up. And finally, we curate special monthly Spotify playlists. Two different kinds, music to move you, so things that are a little more dancey, and music to soothe you, things that are designed to help your nervous system calm. We love introducing you to new music, and this is curated by our whole team. The Classics Library is another important cornerstone of the portal. It gives us an opportunity to bring you eight different MP3 recordings from my vast library, but we curate them as to the titles that might be perfect for you at this time. So if you want some extra audio, you can go into the Classics Library and pick a topic that suits you. Alongside several discounts to Portal members, our favorite thing is the energy of our community. So we have a private forum only available to members where you can share with each other, discuss, and learn from each other. So the portal really is a world unto itself and it will keep expanding as the years go on. But there are some of our members who love every single aspect of the portal and there are some who are there just for two or three things. So if you want to try it out for a month and see if it's for you, you can do that because membership is available to cancel anytime. And we look forward to welcoming you in the portal if you choose to experience what it is that we are curating and creating for you here.